Bibles to uh, Matthew 16. We'll start there, Matthew 16. And then I'll just uh, read from uh, Acts 4 again. Uh, remember, they, they didn't want the, the apostles to, 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 to speak in the name of Christ. And, and of course, the name of Jesus. In Acts 4.12, they, they said, well, neither is there salvation in any, in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. This Christmas time, we think of Jesus coming into the world. And, and the fact that he came into the world should be a gigantic part of our lives. Uh, everyone needs to know who Jesus is. And once you know who Jesus is, that should shape every single day for the rest of your life. Once he's a part of your life. Not just uh, in salvation, but every single day as we follow him in discipleship. What is salvation? Well, again... In, in, by God's grace, he allowed us to see our lost condition. And he does that for every human being. Uh, he will miraculously allow a, a, a person who's dead in their sin to feel. A dead person doesn't feel anything. You can sit on them and they don't mind. Uh, but we who are dead in our trespasses and sins, he graciously allowed us to feel the weight of our sin. A dead person doesn't see anything. But God in his grace allowed us to have our eyes open to see our need and see what Christ could do for us. He miraculously allowed us to sense our lost condition, to see what our need was, and to respond to that. And that was our choice, to respond to that. Uh, by God's grace, he allowed me to see that, that I didn't have to be on my own. On my own, I was doomed, but God didn't want me to be on my own. God wanted Jesus to be a part of my life. I didn't have to be on my own. Jesus came and paid my sin debt and the sin debt of every human being. And if I'll trust him to cleanse me of my sin and if I'll entrust my eternal soul to him, I escape the doom that I deserve. And he gives me a new destiny. And then once I'm saved, once I've joined with him, I'm no longer supposed to be on my own. Now, I, I, I married my wife down there, and there was, that, that was going to affect the rest of my life, not just when we said our I do's and then we went our separate ways. No, we, were, we, we joined our lives together. The rest of my life, that decision was supposed to affect, and salvation is the same way. You join your life to Jesus, and that's supposed to affect the rest of your life, learning and growing about him. What is this life about? It's, it's about Jesus. So there in Matthew 16, verse 24, uh, he said, uh, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and, so in here again we have these multiple ands. We talked about that the other day, where sometimes in English you can, you can just use commas, um, Boom, boom, and boom. Uh, but sometimes to emphasize different things, they'll use and multiple times. And so here, uh, he kind of makes this list. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So we already talked about denying ourselves, saying I belong to him. I'm, I belong to him. My, my, my old identity is gone. I'm crucified with him. That's, and that's what baptism shows when uh, the, the one who died and was buried and rose again, I am crucified to the old me, and I am in him. If, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
And, and, and in fact, you, you say, well, well, I, well, can I go to heaven? Well, I, I'm in Christ, and, and, he's, and he's in heaven. So I, I'm in good shape. Uh, I'm in Christ, and, and, and someday I'm going to be where he is. And it's a good thing to be in Christ and he in me. That means eternity, I, I'm in good shape when you're in Christ, and Christ is in you. So let him deny himself. The old me is crucified, buried. I, I'm, I'm risen in newness in life. I identify with the one who died for me. Uh, take up his cross, and, and, and there's a lot of things you can say about taking up your cross, but, but we, 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 we compared it there in Matthew 11 to the idea of being yoked up with, with Christ and, and learning of him, learning of him, being yoked up, identifying, being, uh, being about what he's doing and learning of him. So the, the second question we asked is, am I being built up in the things of Christ? And so the third thing, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, and follow me. So we, we've been talking about three things. I belong to him. I have no more identity, identity of my own. My identity is found in him. I uh, have a life that should be proclaiming that I belong to him, and I want everyone to know he's everything to me. Uh, I'm being built up by him. He said, take up my cross and learn of me. Learn of me. As I walk with Christ, I'm learning of him. And then we'll see that this spills into today's thought. Uh, follow me. Follow me. God wants us to be busy for him. So I belong to him. I'm being built up by him. I'm learning of him. And I'm busy for him as I follow him. He wants me to, to deny myself, take up my cross, and, and follow. So... Busy for the Lord. Busy for the Lord. What am I filling my time with? Let's pray and then we'll look at these things. Lord, I pray that tonight, Lord, as, as the Lord Jesus entered this world and he provided an example and he, we are to follow in his steps, he died for us so that we could be cleansed and, and uh, to, to join the family of God, to be adopted. Lord, I pray that we would be following uh, following. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. Lord, I pray that we'd be following. We'd be busy for the Lord. Help us as we look at these ideas tonight. As was prayed all, already, Lord, I pray that we'd, humble, we'd be humble before the ideas. Uh, Lord, we would be willing to uh, just learn. Let go of things that we thought we knew. Maybe that don't line up as they should to your word. Help us tonight to, to hear from you. I ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. In this world, uh, someone will say, I feel used. I feel used. And often the rest of that expression is, I feel used and abused. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so sometimes it's in interesting to see what context they're saying that in. The, the prodigal son, he would have said at his home, here, I just feel used and abused. I want to get out there where I can be appreciated, right? Depending on your heart, depending on your spirit, you're going to think, I just feel, feel used and abused. And, the, and so for him, he felt used and abused with his loving father. But his heart was out there in the world. And so he felt used and abused by his father. Well, he got out into the world and he found out real quickly who truly uses you and abuses you. 
he got out in the world and he found out, and again, he had all these friends until the money ran out. And then the friends were gone. The Bible says there in Luke 15, no man gave unto him. Boy, he says, out, out there, boy, the world is what uses you and abuses you. When I had nothing, I was nothing to the world. Back home when I had nothing, when I came into the home there with nothing, they just loaded me up with blessings. Boy, used and abused. I, at my home, I felt used and abused. And I wanted to be appreciated out in this world. And I learned the truth. You're used and abused out in this world. At home, I was appreciated. And I appreciate the one who appreciated me. And he came back saying, I want to be as one of his servants. Now, the, the father took him back in as one of his sons, but to be busy about what the father wanted him to be, to be busy about. So again, it's, it's going to be the same in this church. You're going to think, uh, uh, there's just ministries, saying no to this that thou shalt, dressing a certain way, speaking a certain way, saying no to this, uh, bu being busy, uh, I just I feel used and abused in, in, in God's service. If only I could get away from all of this and get out there where I could be appreciated. Ugh. Again, it's, it's, it all depends on where your heart is. Uh, you say, well, if, if the church was different, I wouldn't feel used and abused. Well, the same logic could be, if my father was different, I wouldn't feel used and abused. No, it's not your father, prodigal son. It's your heart that needs to be changed. By the way, God is in the business of changing hearts. Philippians 2.13 uh, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Uh, just like the, 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 the son there in Luke 15, he, sh he could have said, oh, I don't want to learn my lessons by going out into the world. I want to learn them without having to go through that journey. Would you help me appreciate what I have here? I was talking to my children today and, and saying, listen, there's going to be different stages of your life. Um, uh, you're going to enter a married stage at some point. And, and a lot of times, uh, the devil builds into to young people, or whatever stage you're in, I can't stand the stage of, li of, of life I'm in. I can't wait to get, it'll be better when, it will be better when, it will be better when. I can't, I can't stand the, the, the place I'm locked in right now. And I'm like, listen, enjoy the stage of life you're in, and gratitude will help you with that. Lord, you're so good to me. And then, but you don't stay in that stage forever. I'm hoping to give my daughter away someday in marriage. And I want her, I'm like, listen, enjoy the stage of life you're in and do it with gratitude. And then reverently step into each of the stages of life. Gratitude will be what allows you to say, oh Lord, you were so good with that previous stage. I step now with reverence into the next stage. And I know that you were good then, and you will be good again. Looking to you, please help me. Oh, the devil builds an antsiness in, in our hearts. To, I can't stand where I am in life. It will be better if. Oh, but gratitude. Oh, Lord, look at where I am. Look at how good you are to me right here. Ah, oh, gratitude. And then you're ready in the right time to reverently take that next step into marriage or, or whatever that next stage of life 
is. Paul, uh, he said in, 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 sec, uh, in 2 Corinthians 12, 15, um, that, he wanted, that he would be gladly spent, he, I, I would gladly spend and be spent. And again, for us, we're like, I just feel so spent. I just feel so, so spent. And, and Paul said, I, I, I want to spend and be spent because I care about you. His heart was in the right place, and that made all the difference. So following Christ, following Christ, uh, he says, follow me, and I will make you to be fishers of men. So there's a busyness. As you follow Christ, you are busy about the things that Christ wants you to uh, learn. There, in even uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 13, he called his ten servants and he, uh, he delivered them 10 pounds and said, occupy till I come. So he called his servants to him. He put his wealth in their pockets. Do we believe that that's, uh, that's where we are? Do you believe that all, anything you have in your pocket is from God? Do you believe that? God put his wealth in our pockets and he said, occupy till I come. Be busy about my business because I'm the one that put my wealth in your pocket. Anything you can buy. And again, that's a good reminder as we pray the the model prayer uh, where it says, uh, uh, give us this day our daily bread. Well, I'm an American. I don't have to look to the Lord. Every blessing is from God. Everything you can put in your mouth is because God is good and allowed you to have something to put in your mouth. I went to the store with what? with money that that God gave you, that God gave you, the Bible is very clear. He's the one that gives us power to gain wealth. It's all from him. Looking to him, he put his wealth, and he said, listen, I'm I'm going and I'm going to come back. You be busy about my business until I come back with the wealth that I have put in your pocket. Wealth includes time, seconds that we have, money that we have, strength that we have, skills that we have. He put wealth in our pocket. And he says, occupy, busy, be busy about my business till I come back. And what's his business? Earlier in Luke 19, he says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. God wants us busy about his business. So, I, I want to I give two points tonight. Uh, when there are blessings, there are blessings in being busy for Jesus. There are blessings for being busy in Jesus. When you're following Christ, there are two things. As we follow him, he exposes our insufficiencies. He shows us our weaknesses. He shows us the areas that I can't do it on my own. I need him. And that's a tremendous blessing. As we follow him, as we're busy, he exposes our insufficiencies. And then secondly... Um, as we follow him. So he exposes our insufficiencies and we execute his instructions. In following him, we execute the instructions that he left as servants of him. So uh, the two directions, as we follow Christ, he exposes our needs, our insufficiencies, and how that he is sufficient for us. And we we, we uh, execute his instructions. We obey. So let's go into those, those things right now. So first, as we follow him, 
He exposes our insufficiencies. And you would say, wait a minute. I thought you said that following Christ brought blessings. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a blessing. That he exposes our insufficiencies. Oh, but it is. It is. When he shows us the places that we are weak and we need him. Uh, even our strengths, even our strengths, if not turned over to him, can be tremendous problems in our lives. So he exposes our our insufficiencies, places where, where we are lacking, places where we are immature, places where we need to grow, and we don't even know what they are until in the battle we find that we're lacking in those areas. So um, maybe it's in sports. Maybe you're playing basketball, and you think, uh, again, I'm really good. I'm really good at this game. And you're, and you're, and you're a young basketball player, and you can't wait. Oh, man, I pity I pity the visiting basketball team. They're going to come and get a taste of our prowess. We are amazing. And then, suddenly, out on the basketball court, when they have soundly trounced you, it's then when you think, you know, I'm not as good as I thought I was. I need to improve here, 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 here. Here, 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 and here, 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 and that's that's the ones that I see. Coach, he's going to have a whole list of his own, but it's out there in the thick of things that we really start to see our insufficiencies. So, the disciples were following Christ, and they were going to find out that at times they were ignorant; they just didn't know what to do. At times, there were times they were going to find out they were impotent. They were powerless. They just couldn't do what needed to be done. There were times they were insensitive. They were unkind or completely out of touch with the needs of the situation. Uh, there were times where they were just immature. They had real growing to do. They were flat childish. Childish. And boy, basketball brings that out, doesn't it? <laughs> that rough. It's like, oh man, don't. Please don't take a video of me doing that. Childish when we get into some of the, or the, we get incensed or irritated. <laughs> uh, but when you start working with people, people can be irritating. Uh, that, there's a reason why they say uh, the ministry would be great if it weren't for the people. And again, I, I remember a while back, somebody, there was a young preacher who said, uh, People are problems. People are problems. And uh, his, his mother wisely told him, no, people have problems. And they need you to help them get to the problem solver. The one who has no problems. The solver of all problems. So are people problems? Well, when you're immature, you think they are. Oh, I, just need, I need to get away from these people. And you grow to the point where, Lord, thank you that uh, these people that are irritating at times, I have some place to take them, and you can help them. If I can connect them with you, Lord, uh, you can help them. All right, so I'm going to quickly go through 10 passages, real, real fast, real fast, where the disciples saw um, weaknesses in their lives. And again, these were the men following Christ. So if you're following Christ... He's going to expose some insufficiencies for us to work on. He sounds like he's cruel. A good coach 
A good coach is going to show you your insufficiencies and say, listen, they're, they're, they're beating us here every time. They're doing this. Uh, this isn't happening. Listen, you guys are all arguing while they're scoring. Uh, You've got to be a team. And a good coach is going to point out insufficiencies. And when we follow Christ, he's going to point out some insufficiencies. So, again, times they were ignorant, impotent, insensitive, immature, incensed, or irritated. All right, so first one, uh, Matthew 8, uh, 23 and 27. Matthew 8, 23 through 27. Matthew 8, 23 through 27. So, again, uh, the disciples are learning that they aren't actually all that and a bag of chips, like we humans think we are. All right, so, and when he entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. Isn't that what he said? Follow me. Follow me. Well, good. Life will be grand. Follow me. And I'll show you areas that you need help. But I don't, I don't just point out problems. I can also help you with the problems, right? A good coach doesn't just say you're weak here, but he says, hey, I have a drill. I have a drill you can work on. Let's improve. Here's the problem, but we can grow. We can grow in this area. So when he entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep, <laughs> and his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful? Why are ye fearful? So here he's exposing insufficiencies. He's saying, Why are you afraid? It's almost like you don't have somebody that's in charge of the wind and the waves that you can go to are you still learning what it means to be a follower of christ listen it seems like things are out of control but you have access to the one for whom there is no such thing as things being out of control why don't you just calmly go to the one that's in charge of everything well because we're growing we're weak we have insufficiencies they go lord save us we perish and jesus says why are you fearful and then he says oh ye of little faith why was he exposing this insufficiency because he could help them grow out of this insufficiency then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm but the men marveled saying, what manner of man is this? By the way, um, Pastor Hunt is with us tonight, and it, it's, he, he, he could open up a book and, and see, uh, read about God doing marvelous things in somebody else's home, but there's nothing like him taking uh, the needs, the medical needs of his home before the Lord and seeing God do wonderful things. And when God does marvelous things in your home, we've, we've heard the stories about God doing miraculous things. We've heard the preaching about God doing miraculous things. But when we are in the storm and we go, oh, we're going to die. We'll see if he can do something about it. He rebukes the waves. It's calm. We stare at him with our jaw hanging down to the ground saying, what manner of man is this? It's almost like he's completely in charge. We have to learn that lesson for ourselves it's an insufficiency but nobody else got to see this except for the people that were in the boat with him as you follow him as you climb into the boat with him 
He is going to show you insufficiencies. And that's a blessing. Areas that you can grow. Even the winds and the sea obey him. Uh, let's jump now to Matthew 14. Matthew 14, verses 15 and following. Matthew 14, verses 15 and following. Matthew 14, 15. And when it was evening, so the sun is beginning to set, his disciples came unto him, saying, This is a desert place. <laughs> Isn't it funny that you would explain things to Jesus? They're like, listen, let me, let me lay it out for you. This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and, and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. So they come to Jesus and explain this. Listen, listen, it's desert. There's not a lot of food options around here. Uh, these guys are hungry. Uh, send them away. <laughs> they explain to Jesus how things need to go, and Jesus says, uh, no, instead, let's feed them here. You stop telling me how things need to go. Let me tell you how things need to go. And they say unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. He says, bring them hither to me. He commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave loaves to his disciples and the, and the disciples to the multitude and they did all eat and were filled. Oh, Lord, your idea is way better. And I'm telling you, it seems like since I became pastor here, I have said that a lot. <laughs> I, it seems like I'll be, oh, Lord, I got it figured out. Lord, I know how it needs to work. Oh, okay, get your pen and notebook out. Let me lay it out for you. And instead, God says, uh, no, 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 I have better plans. Let's do things my way. Oh, it's so much better. Uh, they did eat and were all filled, and they took up the fragments that remained, 12 baskets full. Uh, and there were 5,000 men besides women and children. Uh, let's go to Matthew 15, uh, verse 21. Matthew 15, 21. Matthew 15, 21. Again, he's exposing insufficiencies. And that's a blessing, because a good coach can tell you where your weaknesses are, but he can also help you with them. It's a blessing to find out where you're weak because the devil already knows where you're weak. The other teams, you know, I mean, I mean, the professional teams might watch tape on each other to find out where they're weak. The devil doesn't need to watch any tape. He knows our weaknesses. It's good for us to know our weaknesses. And in following Christ, he'll show us what they are. And in the times of pressure, we, we suddenly find we're interested in knowing what they are. Matthew 15, 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coasts and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, thou son of David. Uh, now, now remember earlier when we said that sometimes they were insensitive and out of touch with the need of the moment? Do you suppose we could ever be that way? As we follow Christ, do you ever... Do you suppose we could ever get where we're insensitive and out of touch with the need of the moment? 
So this seems like an exciting thing, right? Um, oh, Lord, thou son of David, my daughter, uh, have, have mercy upon me. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And then we can jump down to verse 28. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Yay! Yay! But what happens in between? What happens in between? So back to verse 23. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. Jesus is going to teach a lesson in valuing people, helping people, and, and, and they were insensitive. They were out of touch with the need of the moment. There, and they tell the Lord, send her away. And Jesus rebukes them by showing them how to treat people. And he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take children's bread and to cast it to dogs. She said, Truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said, O woman, great is thy faith. Remember, he was just telling the disciples how little their faith was in that boat. Woman, great is thy faith. And here the disciples can, can learn from this woman her humility. And learn from Jesus as he values her. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. Oh, he exposes our insufficiencies. Let's go to Matthew 17. Matthew 17, verse 14. Matthew 17, verse 14. Remember, he's exposing their insufficiencies. Matthew 17, verse 14. And he only does it as you follow him. When you're busy for him, when you're following, when you're in the boat with him, when you're, when you're doing what you're supposed to do, the coach will say, listen, if you're not on the team, the coach can't help you. If you don't come to practice, the coach can't help you. But as you're there where you're supposed to be, and, and, and the coach can watch you and expose your, your weaknesses, you can grow. Verse 14, and when they were come to the multitude, there came unto him a certain man kneeling down and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a, a lunatic. And all of the dads in here said, I, I feel you. <laughs> but he wasn't laughing, was he? Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire often to the water, and I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. The question I have here is, why is he bringing the child to Jesus? Why aren't the disciples saying, we can't help you, follow us, we know who can. Why is he going to Jesus? Why aren't the disciples saying, hey, come with us, we, we, we want to help you, but we just can't, Let, let's go to... And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. They could not cure him. There was an impotence. Lord, I can't do this. But you can do anything. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how, how long shall I be with you, and how long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. To me. 
Dads, moms, you can't raise your children on your own. You got to get them to Jesus. And you're not going to know, you're not going to know your insufficiencies unless you're on the team, unless you show up to practice, unless you're following, unless you're, you're following the coach and listening as he exposes your insufficiencies. And we're saying, thank you. I will work on those. I count it a blessing that you show me my weaknesses. Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Uh, Matthew 19, 13. Matthew 19, 13. Matthew 19, 13. Then there were brought unto him little children that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, suffer little children, forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Again, they rebuke the little children. Jesus is saying, listen, you're wrong. Let them come. Don't keep people from me. Matthew 21, 18. Matthew 21, 18. Now in the morning... As he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith, and doubt not... Ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. There is tremendous power in prayer, in real prayer. And it's by following Jesus that he shows us, listen, if you just had faith, if you just had faith and you did not doubt, Here's this, here's this tree with lots of leaves and no fruit on it. We're going to talk about that in a little bit too. Fruit and uh, all these leaves, but no fruit. Listen, if you just had faith, I'm trying to help you see how you can have a real prayer life. Are you being serious about being clean? Remember, it's that, that the, the effectual, uh, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. How clean is your life and how much praying are you doing? Do you realize you could tell this mountain be cast into the sea and it would be done if it's in the will of God? Why aren't you treating prayer like it's more powerful and precious? The coach wanted to teach them that. Matthew 26, verse 6. Matthew 26, 6. Matthew 26, 6. Now when Jesus was in Bethany... In the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. Wow! This woman comes in and, and she, and she uh, anoints his head and, 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 and Jesus is so impressed. Look down in verse 13. Uh, uh, Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall, al there also, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. But again, what happens in between? 
She comes and she anoints the head of Jesus. And then a little bit later, Jesus is so impressed and says, this shall be spoken of her forever. And in between, the disciples, at least some of them, are angry, out of touch. Verse 8, but when his disciples saw it, they had indignation. To what purpose is this waste The ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said to them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work on me. And then he explains that you're out of touch with what's going on. She hath done this. She did it for my burial, the end of verse 12. You're not understanding what's going on. I'm exposing your weaknesses. John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse 27 John 4, 27. The woman at the well. And so she, uh, uh, she, she's there. She's talking with Christ. And Christ is, is, is talking to her. But the disciples come back from the city with food. They're like, ah, Jesus, will be so pumped. We have food. <laughs> we have food for Jesus. And so they get there. And Jesus is talking to this woman. And it's like she doesn't even exist when they get there. They go right to him. Uh, I, uh, and, 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 and so, it's, again, verse 27 here, they're, they're concerned about the food, and, and they don't even see this woman. It seems like they didn't even see the people back in Sychar. Verse 27, and upon this came his disciples. So here's Jesus, one of the most exciting stories in the Bible. Jesus winning this woman to himself. The disciples show up with food. They're like, ha, 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 look what we have. And they, they're not tuned in at all. Upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou, or, or why talkest thou with her? Then the woman leaves her water pot and goes to the city. And then verse 31 Uh, In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat, ye know not of. There are more important things than filling your belly. The coach was trying to teach them this. I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore saith the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. You went to Sychar, and your eyes were fixed on food. You should have gone to Sychar, and had your eyes fixed on the field that was white, all ready to harvest. You came back with food and you didn't, you didn't see the people. Even coming back here, it's like, what's she doing here? And she leaves and, hey, did you, what happened? Did you have a good conversation with her? How did it go? No, she's gone. Good, let's eat. Helping them. John 13, John 13, verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, 
that he should depart out of the world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world. Uh, he loved them unto the end. Verse 4, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself after that he poureth water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherein he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Verse 7, Jesus answered and said unto them, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. <laughs> He's like, listen, you're not going to understand what I'm doing exactly, but you'll understand eventually. He says that. And then Peter misses that whole statement and goes on with what was in his mind to begin with. He's like, you're going to wash my feet? Yes, because I'm trying to teach you something. And then he goes, you're not washing my feet. Verse 8, Peter saith unto him, thou shalt never wash my feet. Peter, why can't you listen? You're, you're so consumed with the thoughts that are in your own head that you can't listen to what I'm trying to tell you. Parents, we, we've seen that with our kids, haven't we? And then how many times does God see that with us? Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answereth, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. <laughs> Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Uh, and then the other one, John chapter 11, it, it, when, when he tells the disciples, um, we're going to go. Uh, Lazarus is asleep. <laughs> They're like, well, that's good. Sleep is good for you. Uh, and he's like, he, he's dead. Keep up. In John chapter 11, verses 7 through 15. The disciples, when you follow him, he exposes your insufficiencies, just like he did with the disciples in the New Testament. And for us, when you follow him, when you show up for practice, when you submit to the coach, he's going to point out where you're weak, but he also wants to help you with it. Now, the blessing of, of following Christ is he exposes your insufficiencies, but the other blessing is we are able to be busy following, executing the instructions that we're, as disciples, there are some things we're supposed to be doing. And we can do those as we follow him. So again, if you find yourself ignorant, impotent, insensitive, incensed, immature, irritated, that's that's, that's how the disciples found themselves. And there's growing to do. And that's fine. But don't quit showing up to practice. Don't quit listening to the coach as he shows you what you can do about those things. He exposes our insufficiencies. And then we can be busy executing his instructions. And then four quick things. As his disciples, we follow him in prayer. We follow him in prayer. Matthew 9, verses 37 and 38, then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray. A lot of exposing their insufficiencies was to teach them how to pray. Pray. Be clean. Spend real time in prayer. Pray. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest he will send forth laborers into his harvest. In following him, we can carry out, we can execute his instructions. We follow him in prayer. 
Second, we follow him in propagating the gospel. Propagating the gospel. There in Matthew 28, uh, verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And then to verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So as we follow, we can carry out his instructions. We execute the things that he's told us to be busy about. We follow him in prayer. We follow him in propagating the gospel. We also follow him in portraying his love to one another. He says that in John 13, 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Part of discipleship, part of following him, is getting a heart. And again, it goes back to prayer, doesn't it? When you're praying, when your heart is tuned in, when you love the things he loves, and you realize that he loves the fellow church member, when you love what he loves, and that love, when the world can see that type of love in a church, disciple to another disciple, when you have love one to another, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. And then, lastly, John 15, verse 8, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So shall ye be my disciples. We follow him in producing fruit. We follow him in producing fruit. So, he said, if you're going to be my disciple... Deny yourself, take up my cross, and follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. Belong to him. Be built up by him. Learn from him. And be busy for him. Follow him. And in spending that close time with him, he'll expose some insufficiencies. But he never just points out weaknesses and leaves you hanging. He lets you know what you can do about them. And then in following him, we can be busy about the instructions he left for us. In prayer, propagating the gospel, portraying his love one to another, and in producing fruit. Boy, that's what this life is all about. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Again, I, I got married, and it didn't just change the day I said I do. It changed every day since then as well. And when you joined with Christ, it should have affected more than just the day where you asked him to be your savior and you entrusted your soul to him forever and ever. How are you doing at following him? How are you doing at showing up to the practices? Are you angry when your weaknesses are exposed? Or maybe you're not even 
following him the way you should. Maybe some of your insufficiencies you have yet to learn because you're not in the boat with him. You're not going through those times where you're learning your weaknesses. You're not in those pressure situations where you're in awe and saying, what manner of man is this? Because you're not out there. You're doing your own thing in some area. How are we doing at being the type of disciple that we are supposed to be? Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, in these areas. Thank you for the way that, that you expose our insufficiencies. Lord, you show us our weaknesses, and then you help us to fix them. Help us to be busy uh, doing the things that we're supposed to be busy doing. Are we praying the way we should? Are we producing fruit the way we should? Are, are we uh, propagating the gospel and portraying your love to one another the way we should? We would be if we're following you the way we should, Lord submitting to your coaching, listening to you as you teach us and help us to be better than we were yesterday. Help us with these things. Lord, we're looking forward to 2024, a brand new year. May it be, Lord, in this next year, we look for ways to grow and to follow you more than just the first half of January and then forgetting whatever resolutions we laid out. Lord, may it be that there's something real and lasting that even 